Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Okay, now welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 526, October 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. There we go. Nice and yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, Mo and Kelly are off on assignment. Uh, they're seeing if they can get some uh, more SKSs for Canada. So they're in Ukraine uh, checking out a, uh, an arms depot there. See if they can bring <laughs> some over. You saw that uh, that movie, right? What was that movie? Oh, God of War. God of War, yeah, it's 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 that one was, of those situations, yeah. Yeah, we use the player money, so anyone who uh, anyone who's subscribed with Player or on Patreon, you're complicit in this uh, this arms uh, the arms race we've got going on here, trying to, <laughs> trying to bring SKSs over from Ukraine. They don't need them. They got they got nah. brand twos. Nah, nah. They don't All the money SKSs. that's been given to them, they don't need their SKSs. <laughs> <laughs> We need the SKSs. We need yeah. cheap. We need those SKSs to go to back down to two hundred dollars where they belong, and not at five hundred dollars. That's r- outrageous. Outrageous yeah. pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, Kyle, what'd you get up to this weekend, guns? Uh, I did local USPSA match this past weekend. Overall, good match. Uh, like I was saying last week, with uh, stage planning and the movement, it was a really fun match. Ended up pulling out a second and third place in the non-first responder divisions. So I did second in PCC and then did third with my limited pistol. And it was actually really interesting because I was pretty much matching my times between the PCC and the pistol. But Mm -hmm. I was getting better hits with the PCC for sure. And even though I had a freshly tuned extractor, I think it's time I whether it's Aftec or just a uh, new 2011 extractor. I got to get an extractor for that uh, 2011 because I had a couple failure to extracts on Saturday as well. And that's no good. No, no. But uh, I had the PCC out to sight in when we were setting up on Friday night and had an interesting issue where I had to reset the safety every shot. What? Yeah, it's like you would shoot and it'd be on safe. So you'd have to cycle the safety on and then back off to shoot on, shoot again. So it was just a GI trigger. So I got on the phone with the manufacturer and asked them, they, hey, I don't have my PCC trigger yet. Can I run an AR trigger in this? And I guess, yeah, they had zero issues running them in the past. So I ended up uh, taking the GI trigger out and put a Calvin Elite in it. Hmm. <laughs> mm. And Go fast uh, parts. Yeah, it it ran nice. I think I sent you a video where we had to triple tap every target, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> but uh, with the PCC, there's an interesting recoil impulse. So once I get used to it, I might check out some different uh, buffer options to try and tame that down. But yeah, it's that you feel it going in a battery. It's like clunk 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 clunk. 
So it's, it's definitely got an interesting recoil impulse, but still, once once I get used to it, that thing is just gonna rip. Yep. <laughs> Especially with that trigger. Oh yeah. I I I of course Saturday I get the notification that while I'm at the match, the PCC trigger got delivered to the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, and I I'll probably put that in and try it out, see how it is, because that one. It's a two. I can adjust it down to two and a half pounds. It comes set at three. I can adjust it down to two and a half, and then yeah, the Kelvin Elite is a pound and a half. So, so yeah, I'm I'm might just I'll probably will just put the PCC trigger in there just to try it out for a bit and see how I like it because with the Kelvin Elite and the interesting recoil impulse, it is actually really easy to bump fire this uh, the PCC. There's like, there's like no reset. You just cycling. That extra cycling mass, right? Moving yeah. it back and forth, the light trigger that has no travel to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can make it go fast. Yeah. Like, I'll admit, there was one stage where it's like, went on and it was just double tap, but there was four shots on target. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, at least they're on target. They're right there. Like, but yeah. So it did it, it bump fire a little bit, but uh, I, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Uh, other than that, actually, I didn't get up to really anything else. Adriel, how about you? I did a bunch of stuff. Okay, so on the weekend, Chaz Maple Seed. It was foggy. Yeah, like drive out there, foggy, foggy, foggy. Um, but uh, good day, good, good event. Had a couple of really good riflemen. Uh, had a couple of like people like have a fantastic day. All in all, great success. And that's the last one of my season. So. I kind of took all the maple seed stuff as I got home and I packed away and, it, and it's like winter home in my garage. And now I've got more space for, for activities uh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. A lot more space. <laughs> Cause I got like mats and uh, like push stakes and wire mm. and buckets and all sorts of stuff, uh, target backers, all this kind of stuff that uh, is now like out of sight. So I don't have to look at it and I got all this space for other stuff. So I went, Costco had a sale on synthetic oil. So I went and bought like, um, hmm, 45 liters, 50 liters of it. Yeah. It was a good price. You know me, nice. buy it cheap, stack it deep. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay. I've seen this stuff around. I kind of want to try it and I want to show you what I'm talking about. Um, Aguila Super Calibri. Have you seen this stuff before? I think I saw it and I just like didn't really pay it much attention. But at the pr- the price that it's selling for right now, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. That's a 20 grain bullet that's going 590 feet per second. Ooh. So it must just be like the primer and just maybe like they do the, the salt bay thing with, with, with some yeah. like powder in there. <laughs> yeah. A tiny little oh. 20 grain bullet. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Not going to run a semi-auto, but uh, kind of neat. Kind of want to try it. It'd be, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I'll get that. If, uh, Sporting rifle saying uh, 360 feet per second out of his nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's slow. That's slow yeah. enough where uh, you'll want to That's almost not firearm paper. speed. Actually, yeah, no, 360, you... that, that's not firearm. Isn't it 500? 500? uh 490 yeah 500 yeah <laughs> there's what's the 
I think there's a, a muzzle energy. No, there's no muzzle energy to that. I don't know. I can't remember. I thought it was just sending a projectile over, over a certain... 495. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I want to try some of that stuff. That looks fun. Um, I, w- What I'm going to use for, for hunting grouse, though, this year is uh, CCI Quiet Semi-Auto. It's a 45 grain bullet, and it's slow. It's 890. I don't know. It's over there and I don't buff. I don't feel like getting it, but uh, <laughs> it's slow enough that at 50, you can watch them ba-doop, ba-doop, <laughs> <laughs> dropping in. And there's a huge drop difference between 25 and 50. So yeah, uh, they're going slow, but they use like a 45 grain bolt, a little bit heavier and a decent, decent accuracy. So that's the, uh, I've got that all sighted in uh, for uh grouse. Mm. Um, Oh, I got a whole bunch of stuff in. Speaking of like getting stuff as you're at the range, I was waiting for this thousand rounds of two, two, three, so I could sight in with it. And it didn't come in time, so I'm like, heck with it. Go to the range, and uh, I'll I'll sight it in with my reloads, and I'll use the new stuff. And it showed up like thirty minutes after I left. Oh no! <laughs> but like UPS was like, what's going to be delivered today? And it's been rescheduled for delivery today. It's like, ah, when are they actually going to show up? So I yeah. just I just went. Uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff though coming this week. Um, thousand rounds two two three. So Tenda had a sale six hundred dollars per thousand. I bought a thousand because I need I need some ammo and and I'm just like I'm not putting the time in nece- necessary to uh, to reload it and keep up with my shooting. Uh, so I did that. <clears throat> I got the uh, three hundred blackout uh, pilot trimmer. So I'm hacking the cases to length, but yeah. then I'm going to use this for like a nice concentric, you know, all that other nice. jazz. It's fast too, so yeah. Whatever. That's just the Lee Pilot uh, case gauge and shell holder and whatnot. Uh, I got some more MRX mags, um, and then I found out that the, this match doesn't let you use them unless you go and open. So just gonna stay here, I guess. <laughs> oh, you can uh, use them. Just don't load them up past ten. <laughs> Damn, I'm, just, I'm just not gonna bring them because on my belt that means I'm going to have like 20 rounds. I need more. So, I've uh I've got the cross mags all loaded up and ready to go. Um and then I didn't show this. Did I show this last week? Type 81 SR. I don't think I did. Yes, I believe you did. Yeah. I did. Oh, okay. I thought we didn't have Yeah, we had guns last going. week. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Um I put the side mount on. So, this is the B3D, 3BD. I don't know. Bar three designs and it's the side plate. Um, So on this side here are two little Allen screws. And on that side, there are two little threaded pins and you just kind of screw it in and uh, away you go. So uh, that went in and I actually got this thing out to the range. So I was out the range last night and uh, yeah, this thing was reliable, very reliable. Awesome. Uh, Iron sights are on. I had it at 300. Is that what I'm set at? That is what I'm set at. And it was good. It was good at 300. I was hit, I was making hits on steel. Uh, just with the irons. Uh, with the scope. This, I was just complaining to, to Kyle just before we started the show. This scope mount. You know, a $28 Amazon scope mount. Not so good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought I don't, that. I don't know who would be surprised about this. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it wasn't very good, but that's okay. It was 28 bucks. I just wanted to like monkey around and I actually found out a couple of things. One of the things I found out is, well, actually, since it's so easy to put on, uh, 
okay, so there, that's fine. But if you put a scope on this thing and you cover this area here, that's where the shells come out of this thing and they're mm -hmm. gonna smoke your scope. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you get a rail that covers that area, you're gonna start getting fail to ejects because this thing ejects the shells like 12 o'clock right over top the, the barrel, like straight out. Oh, okay. So if you've got anything covering that top on your Type 81 SR, it's, it's uh, not gonna work. And then the other thing that I discovered is that it doesn't have stripper clip feet lips, which was it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, well, but uh, all in all, it was great to shoot. Didn't fail at once. And, uh, just ate it all. Just ran. Like how most guns should be right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess it is kind of nice when they just run. It just worked. <laughs> the Gersan MC three twelve. Uh, I was getting some stuff from Rangeview, SFRC. I can't remember. One of them, I was trying to get the free shipping or trying to make it worth it. Oh, I think it was SFRC. I got the uh, butt pad for this thing. Uh, this is the limb saver, mm. and it's got a pretty good fit. So this one's actually made for TC something, Encore. I don't know. Uh, and it's far squishier than the... Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Much squishier than the, the hard rock that it came with. Uh, the show and tell continues. Uh, I got some 110 TTSX bullets, uh, 30 cal for the 300 blackout. Now these are, they say mill tactical kind of a thing, but they're for the blackout and they expand and they're all copper and they're nice and light. So I think I might use that as my option for, um, deer. If, nice. uh, if I get that barrel in time. So that's, uh, yeah, I've got, I got a pack of those, buddy of mine, I was actually at uh, P and D and he's like, Hey, I found some of these. I'm like, yep, pick them up for me. I want those. <laughs> they look mean. They got like the, the ballistic tip on them is, is so long. And, uh, actually I could probably show that one second here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Present. That thing probably, yeah, right there. That's that's them. Look at that black oh, wow. tip on them. Oh yeah, it's long. They're they're mean looking. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the I, for, um, so I was, I was watching some videos on the performance of them that, I, that looked actually pretty good, even with low velocity, because it has such a big tip on there. It's got such a big hollow point to open up. Right. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because that's basically what I'm going to have is like a super short barrel, not not a lot of velocity coming out of there. Yeah, yeah, this is what I printed. Check that out, die that holder. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I got a 3D printer and I've been printing uh, all sorts of stuff with it. Uh, print this die holder, it, like so 270. Yeah, I've got four dies for it. I don't have any cases for four. Uh, I'm printing them up. A little bit rusty. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm liking it. Yeah, got some ammo in. There's the thousand rounds of, uh, of ammo that uh, that came in, and nice. uh, you know, yeah, just a a dumb looking dog. Husky but, doing uh, husky things. Yeah, husky <laughs> doing husky things. That's all on my Instagram there. Uh oh, I've been printing more than just that though. Uh, I have been printing uh, 1022 mag pouches. So these are kind of put them on your belt. And load up 
three uh, 1022 mags, and they just kind of pulled in there. I started with printing ones that had like a, a little retention tab on them, but then I realized, oh, uh, the ones without the retention tab hold them just fine because it prints sideways. There's <laughs> a little bit of extra, you know, yep. uh, resistance, and uh, I like them. They're they're really that really nice. nice for for like a 1022 kind of a thing. So if you're looking at like, uh, and I mean, there's there's 1022 mag pouches out there. Just I don't want to spend a bunch of money on mag pouches, and this holds three of them, which should get you through most courses of fire, right? And yeah. if it doesn't print two, I guess. Uh, more things I've been printing. This little guy, this goes over a Ruger. Uh, well, that's that's not safe for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this goes over a Ruger, Ruger barrel and stock, and it, it enables you to get a sling mount. And uh, I can put about fifty pounds of pressure on this thing before it starts making snap, crackle, pop sounds. Which <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to be doing that with their sling. So hmm. I don't know. The guy who gave me the model said that I should be printing it in, not in PLA. He said another one. Uh, what's the other popular one for 3D oh. printing material? Filament. ABS. Not ABS. It was. Anyways, one of the other ones that's a little bit more temperature yeah. stable than this one. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how these go. Are because... you thinking nylon? No, it was something else. I'll look it up I, I always printed like PLA. I tried ABS a little bit, but mm-hmm. ABS, you got to be really controlled on your temperature. Pet G. Paul knows. There we go. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Pet G. Mm-hmm. That's what he was recommending because it's got like a higher temperature stability on it. But uh, I don't know. These were, I think these would be, these would be fine unless we had like a really hot day, a really hot day and they're sitting on like a hot mat. Then maybe they would start to get melty. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I've been printing up a storm. Uh, one other thing I did. Oh, is that going to show with my brick? Probably not. Hey, I put in like a lower rack. Oh yeah. So that my 22s can actually like sit there. I previously I had like a, a step stool underneath them, but yeah, I just put in a lower rack so they fit a little bit better. Nice on my wall there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So last night I hit the range. Uh, I was. Uh, this is prep for. Uh, Mighty Peace Three Guns uh, team match uh, this weekend and for hunting season. It's all coming up soon here, right? So I brought a pile of guns out uh, with a buddy of mine. Uh, the WSMCR, I, I didn't really cite it in. I know it's cited in. I just have to verify. Like that red dot has been on there for, I think, three or four years. And it's like an Aimpoint Pro, but doesn't really need to be adjusted ever. Just keep slamming the rounds down range. And as long as you don't, you don't have the barrel nut loosen on you in a match in a major match, <laughs> then everything will be fine. <laughs> Which, yeah. Maybe that happened. Maybe that happened to me, I've, but yeah, uh, I've seen that happen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to check that out, make sure that, uh, that it would run those uh, cross mags well. And it was fine. It was absolutely fine. So I don't need to do anything on it. Um, type 81, as, as I said, there went really well, um, super reliable. And, uh, just nice and nice and fun to, to shoot. The only thing I don't really like about it is the the mag reload with the rock and lock. There's just lots of crap to like catch on, and sometimes like you think you're in there, and sometimes you're not quite in there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's in there, but it's, it's very possible to like get it low and not have it locked in there properly, and then oh, it just okay, beat, right? So 
and that's kind of hard to get it out. There we go. There we go. So that's just possible with these shorty mags, right? With the longer ones, I find you get like a little bit more control over it. So it's a little bit easier to, to rock and lock them in. Uh, set in my 22 with CCI quiet for grouse hunting, the M1 Garand with hunting ammo. So, um, it really depends. Like what I hunt with this year is going to be real weird. So <laughs> I've got two proper hunting rifles, two savage axes, one six, five Creedmoor, one two forty three. But this year, both of my sons are now of the age. They can both hunt. Okay. That means that one or both of those rifles is going to be in use by them. And I'm, may or may not have a rifle. I might just have binos. Um, but what do I need for a, for a backup rifle? Well, those are better for long range, but maybe I can get something that's for good for close range. That's where I was thinking like that 300 blackout would uh, would be fun because I could make a very short, very lightweight rifle with that. Um, so, but what if it doesn't come in in time? Well, mm-hmm. M1 Grand with hunting ammo would be nice. So uh, yeah, I went, I took it out with some reloads uh sighted it in made some hits out at 200 and I'm, I'm i'm feeling pretty confident with it now so that's one option and the other so there's there's another area i hunt uh which is uh near my brother's place that um you can hunt there but only with shotgun or muzzleloader or bow and arrow so i set it in my uh 12 gauge with slugs i have like a little single shot break action uh 12 gauge with a red dot on it and uh Shot some slugs out of it. Wasn't really happy with the accuracy out of it. Like at 50, mm-hmm. it's good enough, but you wouldn't want to go much further than 50. The accuracy on it is just not very good. And that's, oh, yeah. it's probably not the slug. It's probably the gun and the red dot and all that jazz, but, uh, and just not, not that great. So I'll be keeping my shots close if, uh, if I need to use it. Uh, and then aside from that, I've been packing up for that, uh, that three gun team match. So, uh, just looking over uh, my equipment. I'm actually trying a different way to pack my ammo. I'm using like a, a bigger a bigger box. Uh, that guy right there. Uh, rather than using like, usually I use a Fat 50 ammo can. Uh, instead, I'm using that black box here. And I'm kind of loading it up with the ammo and mags and everything all in, all in one. So it's all, okay. it's all in there. <laughs> it's just bigger, so it holds more, right? Yeah, uh, because they're they're saying like take two hundred rounds of shotgun, and that takes up a lot of space. <laughs> so, it does, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I put that all in there. Uh, normally, I was I was thinking that uh, when I was at I think I got that at Princess Auto, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I've, I've been to a couple matches now, three gun matches where I take one of my kids, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I need two ammo tins. Wow, that's kind of a pain in the ass. I wish I just could fit it all in one. So that's why I got that big monster to to take out kind of a thing so i've got that and then i've got i, I usually take like a, a rubbermaid bin which is just behind me there um with my belt uh what else i got in there chokes eye and ear pro little toolkit like any of my other accoutrement that uh, that i might need <laughs> for a three-gun match it's actually kind of a lot. Like I think about like mm-hmm. the ipstick matches I would go to, I would just take like a little duffel bag and my belt and my gun case and my ammo and everything goes in a little duffel bag. <laughs> I need so much more. Oh for, yeah. For a three gun match. But, but even with the USPSA matches I've been doing, it's just so much less than if I was shooting three gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it makes a huge difference. But uh, that's it for yeah. So I got that three gun match this weekend. So Friday I'm I'm heading out. Uh, I'll be driving the battle van with the tent trailer, and I'm picking up uh, three of the guys on the way, and I'm gonna make the make the trip up. I think that's what nice. that's what we're doing. We've got like two two vanfuls of of people on the way up. So awesome! You guys leaving first thing in the morning or? Uh, on Friday, no, we're we're gonna go at like noon or so because okay. I got I got a half day of work and so does one of the other guys. So yeah, we'll do a half day of work and then hit the road. Try to get there before dark. Nice. Yeah, should be good though. Looking forward to oh, it. It'll be a good weekend. I'm jealous of missing out. I haven't done any of the mighty piece three gun no. matches yet. No, nope. you haven't. And I, that's what's bugging me. is like, you're finally making your way up for one. And <laughs> the big one. Yeah. <laughs> they were saying that, uh, there's two different, are you limited on the number of shots? No, no, it's Vickers scoring, not Vickers shooting. Like in, like in Ipsic, you, yeah. Like, or for, yeah. Like you think, yeah. Vickers scoring. So down one, down two, or down zero, down one, down three. So every down is half a second penalty. Okay, scoring. Edu- educate me in the difference here because they said that on the group. Oh yeah, lots of Shaz shooters think they did really well, and then they end up like with a bunch of scores missing. Yeah. Do you need like just double alphas on them? Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, get double so alpha. like with Chaz or whatever, it's two on target. You're good. Yeah. If you hit like the C zone, that's a down one. That's going to be half a second penalty for every shot in there. You can neutralize it and still have penalties. You're down three. Now that's one and a half seconds per shot in the down three zone. So which is your Delta. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So you're down one second. If you put two Charlies on paper, if you put two Charlies, yeah. And then you need at least one down one on the target to Mm -hmm. neutralize. So if you hit two down threes, you're down three seconds plus five seconds for a failure to neutralize. Just shoot accurately. I think that's. What you're <laughs> just oh, I just shot, I shot there like, just like a normal match, and I, I'd still do good up there. So, double alphas, double yeah. alphas all well, day long. Yeah, you, you and Colin got the pressure because you got a repeat for Colin this year. Is that an overall win or is that a limited that, win? No, that's an overall. Well, if I want to win overall, I got a couple of uh, a couple of extra <laughs> things that I take out. I take out my thirteen round pistol mags, my forty cal's, and uh, <laughs> take out some different mags for for the rifle and that kind of thing. It says there's only going to be two classes, twenty two, and everything else. But then there's different. Divisions. Well, everything else will be split into divisions. And what they've done in the past is PCC stock, pro stock, mm-hmm. open, and then normal pro stock, pro stock, open. Now PCC is just with everything. So you're gonna have a rimfire division and then your stock pro stock open. And they told me I have to fire black powder. Is that your experience there? No, they they tied my hands behind my back. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> no, it's, it's 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 gonna be a fun time. I'm I'm really oh, it, looking forward to it. This is this is one of the funnest weekends of three gun I've ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to have a bad time camping on a range, shooting during the day, yep. hanging out with the guys. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. Open to fire, cooked pork. Mm. I'm sure Curtis is going to have that going and yeah, it, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. 
Okay, let's talk about some upcoming events. Uh, not this weekend, weekend after October 14th, Chaz Ladies Day. There's info on the uh, Facebooks for that if you're interested. It's a BTSA IPSC rifle and PCC match coming up October 21st. And uh, I think that's it. Getting into the news. Er, the CCFR court case decision is going to be rendered by the end of October. So this is a judge okay. saying, like, yep, yep. We're going to have an answer for you by the end of October. So we have our timeline. Yeah. Soon. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm not super hopeful. I, you know, I don't really think anything of, of value is going to come out of it, but uh, I'm glad they did it. I'm just, I just don't have any, uh, any faith in the uh, justice system in Canada. Yeah, that's fair. But maybe I'll be surprised, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking about surprises and like more interesting stuff, why don't we get into uh, new gun stuff? Sure. So new gun stuff is uh, brought to you by Bullseye North. You need a new boomstick. Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Uh, free shipping over 250, I think is what it is now. Some exclusions apply. Uh, subscribe to the weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. Uh, speaking of hottest deals, okay, they had a couple of things on their for sales uh, screen that I think that are kind of timely. One, orange vest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An orange vest is a good idea if you're going hunting on public land, even on private land. It's just nice to see where everyone is and no one gets mistaken for a uh, furry woodland creature. You know, I'd never worried about them before, but even down here, like thinking thinking about going hunting starting to think about wearing orange just because i've seen some of the people down here even at the like the public range is like yeah i wear it yeah. uh, if i go on public <laughs> property i wear orange even on no. private property if i'm hunting with a bunch of guys i'll wear orange because uh no. i don't like the idea of anyone like aiming at me being like oh is that a deer and then aiming to look so you don't me. throw on some antlers on your hat and wear the the deer hide and try and walk right oh, up to the deer. That's that's the that's the way that's the true hunter way of doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, there's a couple of sales. I don't know if you see what's what's in front of you here, but there's a couple here that are fucking smoking deals. A GSG yeah, 16 for yeah. 17.99. Ooh. Now nice. look at this. Uh Sacco game head ammo 300 wind mag case of 100 219. Really? Yeah. That's I think that's good for 300 wind mag. Like that's Yeah, that, that's uh, loaded ammo. To, yeah, that's loaded ammo. It's 40 bucks uh, that's a, a box. That is a great price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got, got a couple of things. M Carvo firearm and feed ramp polishing kit. I like it. They got the little like mm. belted guys. They got the polish in there. A couple of things on there that uh, that you can use to add on. Uh, a couple of really decent things in there. Uh, this is an okay price for these shotguns. The Tamga Arms 410. They got for, for 167. They got the folding shotguns. They got the folding Taiga Arms 501 for that thing. That's that shotgun that uh, that, that pump action that folds. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna take a look and see if there's anything else that's good because that GSG 16 is such a good price. But I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Probably have other things that should be <laughs> on my list. You're right. I'm just going to stop looking so I don't need to feel <laughs> the temptation. 
there's lots of good stuff in there. <laughs> there's lots of good stuff in there. Uh, I run guns has Magpul P mags for thirteen dollars US, twelve ninety nine technically. That's they ship. Nice. That's a pretty good deal if you're looking yeah. for you know your five thirties and you just want to have a pile of them just to you know shoot competitions where you're limited to five rounds for example uh yep. that's a fantastic deal on those uh cabela's and tactical imports has this right now but the type 81 sr they're on sale for 9.99 uh where you can find them uh that's like that gun i just showed you and if yep. i here let me just cabela's, cabela's. Uh, okay if you're gonna be a pain in the ass i'm just gonna look for tactical imports there it is, $9.99 for the Type 81 SR. Uh, and if you buy them from them, you, there's also a couple options. They've got like a muzzle brake or a slant compensator or a flash hider or spare mag, spare parts kit, uh, well, side rail them. mount. I was going to say, they show the side rail for the, the scope. and Yeah, that's this scope, though, is um, $500. And it's like mm. the PO 4x24. There's no way in hell I'm paying 500 bucks for a Russian four by scope. <laughs> like that much for Russian glass. It better have some vodka in it because that's just way too much. And I'm not going to do You mean it. they don't? The, the person <laughs> who's making them is probably blitzed on vodka. <laughs> Absolutely like blindly drunk. But uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not paying that kind of money for 500 bucks. You could get like a good mid range scope. Why would yeah. I want something that's like probably ass optics? Uh, well, that's a four by like, who cares? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably offending some, some listeners who are really into the Russian optics, but, uh, whatever. Probably. Yep. G4C has the Tavor seven for 3,200, 3,199 technically, but, uh, 3,200 bucks. So that's that 308 Tavor mm. 20 inch black. It's a good price. I've seen them for like 34, 3,500 elsewhere. So it's pretty good. True North Arms has a sale on rifle scopes and red dots. And the kind of things they have for sale are like they've got a voodoo on for uh, one to 10 for 2,000 bucks. Um, Hodgson long shot powder. And uh, they've got the IWI Tavor 9mm conversion kit for 1357. And some other stuff. Some Magpul mags and some other various. Oh, Riton Optics Red Dot for two twenty nine. Oh, open box. Hmm. hmm, that seems okay. Riton Optics one to eight for four oh nine. Hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is there anything I want here? No, nothing I want here. But decent prices anyways uh um there's thermal there what's that thermal oh 15 grand okay (laughs) yeah yeah it must be good yeah it's a thermal for 15 grand from meprolite uh um someone had emailed me this and they're like hey did you know this is a thing and i'm glad that i do now uh federal has made an action shotgun shell uh for three gunners and the, the, what's the issue with three gun with shotgun shells? So if you put them in a mag, they deform and, uh, and you have issues. So it's not unusual at a three gun match for guys with like big stick mags to see them put their magazines in the cooler so that they don't deform. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're federal, always resizing their shells before they load them into the mag. Yeah. Yeah. Federal made a, a shell that 
adds rigidity. It uses a roll crimp instead of a star crimp, which okay. improves cycling between both tube and magazine fed. But I'm thinking it's mostly for magazine fed. Uses an ounce and an eighth out, uh, ounce and an eighth payload um, at twelve thirty-five. So it's got some good power behind it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Plated steel head for reliable feeding and extraction. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was interesting because that that problem of deformation of shells with inside a magazine has been a thing, and it looks like they're making something to solve that. Hmm. That's one hundred and sixty-five bucks for how many? I don't know. Uh, Two hundred. Ouch. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not particularly <laughs> inexpensive. Yeah. Ouch. Now that's MSRP. I don't know if, like, uh, I bet that's got to be cheaper locally. I don't know. Anyways, specialty ammo. Those yep. open guys can afford it. They're spending <laughs> loads of money on stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here, let's look at something cheap for competition. Uh, actually, Richard, let me know about this one. Uh, the new Lynx uh, belt bucket, uh, belt uh, ratchet buckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is. Uh, from August 2023 onwards, all Lynx ratchets are shipped with a black DAA front plate. Other plates may be purchased separately. Okay. So this is your um, ski boot style ratcheting uh, strap that you put on instead of the, like the Lynx belt has this rubber clippy thing that doesn't really have a lot of adjustability in it. This belt buckle is going to give you a lot more. So yeah, that's 20 bucks. Yeah. So, I still got to do that for my ELS belt. I might get one of these at some point. I just need to have other things I need from double alpha at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Because shipping from the U.S. Oh, no, wait. He mentioned Fast Toys had it. Fast Toys and Double Tap in Canada both had mm. those. Uh, so I'll just have to find some other stuff from Double Tap and then away I go. And then Tenda has a sale on EOTech, so um, some of the different rifle scopes and optics and that kind of thing. Like they have the XBS2 at five ninety nine. Uh, they have I'm trying to see the other kind of standard here, the five twelve at five fifty nine. Magnifiers at seven hundred bucks, and so on and so forth. I don't really look at EOTechs a lot, so I don't know if these prices are good or not. Mainly because like the red dots these days are, you know, batteries good for three years. Leave it on. Who cares? I kind of like yeah. that idea. And that is all the different sales that I could find. Some some decent stuff out there. Yeah, uh, some good check? sales. Yeah. Did you check um, email? Do we have any emails in? I didn't see any earlier. I'll just do a quick check here. Okay. Uh, no. I, nothing new has come in. Yep. Nope. We're going to do our main topic at the top of the hour here. So we'll just. Uh... We do have some YouTube comments. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep, we got another bunch from Tony on last week's episode. To be honest, uh, I don't find wet doubling pistol case that irritating. It is really just white noise to me. I can't stand some you ultrasonic cases. Pistol cases? Well, I think we were talking I like I wouldn't want to wet tumble pistol cases, but yeah, I barely even want to dry tumble them. Like if they're clean enough, yeah. I'll just run them through the machine again. Yeah, I I would dry tumble them because I just leave the room and leave them for an hour and a half, and that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
is really just white noise to them. You can't stand some ultrasonic cleaners. The sound is also pierces through walls. For example, I can take a nap while wet tumbling. I have to leave the house when ultrasonic cleaning. After that, I got rid of the ultrasonic cleaner. See, hmm. the ultrasonic is on for such a short time, though. Like, I crank it up to the max, like 380 seconds, and it's, yeah. But I don't know if I would do, I wouldn't do brass in the ultrasonic. I know that. That's just, I just got that for the gun parts and whatnot. I just don't like drying the stuff out afterwards. Yeah. Like after I'm done dry tumbling, I immediately, I sift and I'm done. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I can sit there a day and just run all the brass through, go somewhere else in the house or something, do something and come back. And then I just have a whole spend the night sifting through and there you got all your brass done. Don't have to worry about drying it or anything. Cool. Uh, he was thinking about, a full LARP with an SKS and old school calm block uniform at the BTSA Halloween rifle match, but I don't think I can get everything on time. Uh, what do you need? Do you need the chest rig? Cause I got one of those and I know some people going down it's and a I supply get... sergeant probably have that. I know, well, he's in Calgary, right? Yeah. He's in Calgary. There's an army surplus store right down by Ogden or just, just down by downtown, there's this army surplus store down there. I'm sure they'd have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There uh, is that Tricom chest rig that holds the stripper clip, uh, stripper clip with ammo in it, mm-hmm. and you could use that if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, he shoots PCC faster than rimfire rifle at steel challenges. It seems the lack of recoil feedback actually slows down his shooting. That's huh. okay. Uh, four power, six power. It was directly to 20, 24 power for him. And I still, and I think I can still use more magnifications. Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> Is that at maple seed? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually recommend four to six. I've used, I used seven on mine when I was in the, uh, prone position for stage four, just to get myself like a little bit more resolution. Um, Really, when we say that, it's because, well, it's not really adding, adding much accuracy, right? From from the yeah. the positions that we're firing from, you're looking for like two to four yeah. MOA of accuracy. Yeah, you don't it's adding more perceived yeah. movement, so it's a little harder to. It can be like from yeah. a from the standing position specifically. If if you use like a lot of magnification, it can be very frustrating to try to get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time, when people shoot that standing position. Uh, they, they tell me like, I can't stop it from moving. I'm like, yeah, you can't like you're, you're standing, but and I look over and I'm like, oh, you're set to 10 X here. Let me turn that down to four. And all of a sudden they'd be like, oh, I can, it doesn't look that bad. Now I can hold it black. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, yeah, I've so always been a happen- high magnification, but I've learned to tone that back a little bit just for it. So that there's not so much reticle movement on the target. If I'm hunting and I'm not like long bombing it, three. Yeah. I don't need a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I run a three to three and a half to 10 for, for hunting. So yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of time I'm on three and a half and yeah. you know, if it's out like 200 yards, then okay. Yeah. I'll pop it up to 10. I don't play around in the middle with the hunting. I just grab it and crank yep. it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, if they're out at 200 yards, you probably have the time to like make those movements and, and crank it up and that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mike's just letting me know, letting us know that uh, Facebook didn't tell me you're live. Bad Facebook. Well, um, mm-hmm. we scheduled this show like a month ago, and uh, I think Facebook forgot about it, and they didn't let us like start it. So that's what happened yeah. with that old one. So I recommend the three to fifteen Hunter from Apex Optics. Yeah, those those just come in and uh, start shipping out. Yeah, see that's some. a lot of magnification at the top end. But if you're doing a yeah. long range shot, the extra magnification is mm-hmm. nice because you can see what the deer is doing. Like you can track the deer, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you can see it. Like, oh, is it is it looking skittish? Is it looking like it's going to come my way? Like where where what is this, what is it doing with its eyes and that kind of thing? And that you can't do that at low magnification. At low magnification, no. you're like, I'm going to plunk it in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony goes on found the Cabela's link doesn't work too reliably. The way he would suggest is to do do all the shopping first, then use the link to go to the cart just before checkout. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And uh, Izo says, nine ports for nine mil seems reasonable. And very reasonable. I actually <laughs> tuned it. I pulled out all the adjustment screws for the vertical muzzle movement, pulled them all out, and it just keeps it nice and flat. Is your rifle a straight recoil on that one? Like, is it yeah. is the buffer tube in line with the barrel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like an AR. It, it's a AR buffer in there. And you don't find that kicks kicks the muzzle because I find with with anything that's a that's a straight recoil. As soon as there's any ports on the top, if you put it in slow mo, it kicks the nose down on it, yeah. which doesn't feel bad shooting it. It's just well, that's uh, why it had the different ports that you could plug some because I've it, mm-hmm. usually it's up to the right. So when with the comp that dad and I had designed, you could tune at 360 degrees. So you could put your, your ports to push down your muzzle up at like two o'clock to push it down left. So that it just stays steady. Mm-hmm. But this one just has them right at your 12 o'clock position. And I found, I, I was out there and trying and with the four ports up top open, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't push it down. It just keeps it right there. Nice flat, sweet. Biggest thing I want to do is just tame up that uh, recoil impulse. Cause it, it's it throws you off, especially after shooting ARs or like ARs for a while. That that recoil impulse is very unique. You don't have like a pound and a half like cycling back and <laughs> yeah. forward on. <laughs> yeah, very fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony goes on. Bravo Bullseye for shipping on free shipping on ammo is definitely a purchase decision factor. Give Tenda a run for its money, literally. And then he I comments. Agree. Yeah, sometimes some some places will have like deals on uh, on ammo or whatever, but if they don't have free shipping or if the shipping's expensive, it it makes it not worth it. So I'm I'm yeah. happy to see it as well. Yeah, for sure. He's going back in time again. Uh, episode three seventy two. Yukon Strong says French press best way. May I introduce you to the V sixty? Just my preference, though. I have no idea what that is in reference. You're muted. Yeah, I'm just looking up his. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a coffee dripper. So oh, like you, okay. you stick it over top of your coffee mug. I think this is the one he's talking about. Mm. Coffee dripper V60. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those types of ones. There's little silicone ones or whatever. You can just get filters and put them in. Or I get the instant pack. I Starbucks or Timmy's and I put it in a cup and I put boiling water in 
and I choke yep. it back. Yeah, usually when I'm, especially backpack hunting, yeah, I have a bunch of like the instants. I would do like the Nestle ones and bring those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, any comments on episode 376? It was a listener call in. Uh, Glock magazine loader mandatory. Every, especially the mag pull 10 rounders without the pin. Everything else, meh, helps your fingers, so I'm not against it. I do agree, Glock mags. Uh, that's the only time I pull out the up blue lies for Glock mags. Yeah. But. I like it. Yeah. I, I, well, I use my up blue low and everything just because it makes it faster. But, uh, yeah. uh, it, like mandatory, yeah, Glock mags. Uh, he's asking when's, when's the next dial in show, which we haven't discussed that at all. So don't know. Do you want any time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then he's back on to last week's episode. Shooting off the mag, I will do it at my next maple seed with my PCC. No, you're not allowed to. <laughs> it's in the it's in the day's brief. No monopoding. <laughs> and he's got a PSA. Do not buy Winchester white box rimfire ammo. From what I've seen, tons of misfires from ever from even bolt and lever guns. I have pretty good luck with federal auto match. And we'll see them used widely as steel challenges. I was going to say that's the uh, that's the one that I see with failures. I saw it again this weekend. Fail to fire on auto match. Get hits on the on the primer. Nothing. Nothing going off. See, I I tend to if it boxes federal, I tend to just stay away from it. And Winchester. But, <laughs> at, yeah, Winchester, well, Winchester shotgun. Actually, like you get like center fire Winchester hasn't been horrible it's fine but yeah just there's the rimfire i've had terrible experiences yeah. with winchester rimfire 17 yeah. hmr 17 wsm 22 i've had issues with all of them yeah. like rimfire i'll usually just do like blazer or cci yep solid choices uh like saying winchester rimfire is either underloaded or a compressed load and you never know which one you're gonna get <laughs> It's great for like, you know, if you're going to go hunting grouse or something like that, it's like candy cane loading. Sometimes someone will be extra yeah. strong. Someone will be light, a little <laughs> bit lighter. It's perfect. That's what yeah. you need, right? Yeah. And then the last comment here from Tony is, I think Savage upgraded the A22 pin to a solid pin. Mine has worked pretty well over the one and a half thousand rounds. Does he have the solid pin? Is that what he's saying? I think so. Yeah. Roll pins are not made to be hit from the side. If you hit them from no. the side, it, eventually they squish down and they let whatever they're supposed to hold back out. Roll pins should not be used in a, to hold a firing pin back. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's it for the YouTube comments. Cool. I'll get on to uh, what people bought from our Cabela's link. See if we get Tony's thing in here. Uh, the first one is a Ruger 1022BX trigger assembly, uh, which is on sale again today. Nice. $99. So if you're looking for like a heck of a uh, an upgrade to your Ruger trigger, um, this is a good price. They've got it on $99.99 or $99.98 uh, today. It's a good price. It's not the best trigger out there. Like the kid, the kid trigger is probably the best trigger out there. 
it's also four hundred and fifty dollars. It's ninety nine. It's a little bit easier on the pocketbook. It, it probably yeah. doesn't cost more than the rifle does. <laughs> Whereas, like, yeah. it might, depending on what you paid for it, it depends. The, yeah, it depends on the rifle. Yeah, yeah, but uh, heck of a price on them uh, today. Uh, someone bought three hats from uh, from Bass Pro. Okay, so they, they got three uh, a variety of uh, of hats. Uh, someone bought, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to put the skew in here. Someone bought, oh, Sig Sauer Buckmasters rifle scope. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, 12? Some, yeah, 511 Tactical. What do we got here? An amp backpack. Let's see here. 259. Okay. Oh, someone's got good taste in backpacks. Yeah. Uh, someone got, there's another person here. They got a rifle case. Those rifles. Oh, that was Mike's case. backpack. <laughs> that was Mike's backpack. There we go. Thank you, Mike, for buying through there. Uh, Firefield Barrage 2.5 to 10 rifle scope with red laser. That looks like some Barska stuff there. 199 Not price like Barska, though. And what else do we got here? CRKT Squid Folding Knife. Oh, that's a nice little guy. Yeah. That would be good little daily Teeny, carry. Tiny little, yeah, yeah. That would be good for daily carry. Cool. All right, and that's uh, that's everything that people bought off off those uh, links in the last month. And I can see that our guest is here, so why don't we uh, bring him in? Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Lucas uh, from Precision Rifle Craft uh, YouTube and more. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Not much more. Not lately. I've been so busy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Busy's good. Busy's good. Uh, so maybe just for our listeners, just uh, let them know what you're into and what, what you do with shooting. Yeah, thanks, guys. You know, um, I've been shooting for about 30 years, a little over 30 years, and uh, I've been heavily into precision long-range rifle shooting for about 10 years. Uh, you know, not as a competitor or anything really disciplined like that, just kind of at my leisure and with a couple friends and having, you know, having a good time out in the mountains and um, so on. And, um, yeah, I started Precision Rifle Craft as a passion project, just as a sort of creative project, um, sort of as a response to the uh, May 2020 OIC when, when that came down. I, um, man, I, I hate to put it this way, but I can't think of a better way to say it. I kind of came out of the closet and, and started writing and posting a little bit about this passion of mine, um, you know, whereas prior to that, it had sort of been... Um, something that all my friends and family knew about, but I didn't talk about online and that kind of thing for, you know, manifold reasons. But um, yeah, that kind of induced me to um, uh, do what I could. And, and what I could do is, is share of uh, what I know and um, share that process of learning that that's lifelong in this game. And, and uh, the, the, the precision riflecraft project came out of that. Uh, admittedly, I kind of hoped I could quit my day job and uh, make millions of bucks, um, you know, shooting rifles and having a good time. But, um, you know, I don't want to brag, but I got a few hundred subscribers now, and I'm not exactly rolling in the cash, <laughs> but I'm having a good time. <laughs> well, uh, none of us uh, were able to quit our day job. I no. <laughs> I thought you had. I was sure you had, actually. No, no, I I have a daytime job. Yeah, I'm probably putting out more videos if it was my if it was my full time. But no, it's just a just a fun project. I actually have my teenage son doing my editing for me. That's why it's so hit and miss on uh, on quality. But <laughs> anyways, it's it's fun anyways, though. 
Um, yeah, one of the one of the one of the videos that you put out um, kind of fairly early on in your YouTube channel that was uh, really interesting was your M10X. Oh no! Uh, breakdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to forget about that, especially M plus M. So, you know, I guess we're gonna we're gonna get right into it and tear into M plus M now, are we? Uh, I don't know. We could. So, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on was to talk about um, the the kind of landscape of the Canadian semi-automatic mm-hmm. um, magfed rifle. Because uh, before the answer was easy. Yeah. If you need to go out in the bush. Uh, get some crap. Uh, if you're going to go to a range, get an AR and, yep. uh, and you're good to go. And so all the competitors got ARs and the guys who went into the bush got uh, not crap, but maybe like XCRs or ACRs or, you know, M14s. M14s. Yeah. Yep. So like we get, we could get those for $3.99 at one point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all those options are gone now. Um, so yeah, well, you have some experience with some of the higher end ones that I haven't really played around with. Um, so I kind of wanted to get you on to kind of nerd out and talk about what we've got, what's good, what's, what's not good. And, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of where we're at, I guess. The, yeah. I guess by, by, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, by, by virtue of some very generous people who, uh, uh, were early supporters of my little, my humble little project. And um, you know, one guy in particular, uh, a friend of mine, Jeremy out in Toronto, I've never met him uh, IRL, as they say, you know, he's just a guy who I've met through uh, the channel, through Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. you know, comments on the channel and then on Facebook. And uh, he just sent me out his, you know, his pride and joy, his BNT APC 223. And uh, that was a very rewarding um, uh, opportunity for me to have some fun and and get behind this rifle and see what it can do. And um, yeah, that was definitely, I think, the the most exotic of the the gas guns I've tackled so far. There've only been a couple, right? There was that and the uh, the H and K SL eight, which is the you know the SL eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's still non restricted, right? We can still buy that. Um, you know, you can still have the G thirty six as well, uh, provided it's one of the you know one of the ones that made for the civilian market. They're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there are a lot of options. Um, I, I kind of mentioned the uh, the OIC as well, having been um, uh, a primer. You know, if you pardon the pun for my channel. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm sure you are. Your listeners might not be. Um, but today we heard from the CCFR that we'll have a ruling on the. Uh, the lawsuit of CCF, CCFR versus Canada by the end of this month. So that's something to kind of, who knows, right? Well, maybe we'll have our M14s back and uh, and and everything else that, um, you know, uh, people had put into the safe and forgotten about. What else? I mean, uh, the VZ58 was very popular. I mentioned that one in my yeah. Type 81 review, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we still have gas guns, right? We have the Type 81. I got a Caltech RDB. Um, I'm going to be uh, putting together a video on on that rifle, which I'm very pleased with uh, so far. And, uh, you know, there are lots of semi-auto rifles, but as you kind of mentioned, um, they tend to be toward the higher end. Uh, somehow they didn't prohibit the, you know, APC-223 and the APC-308, th- uh, the SL-8. Uh, there are others, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had guests that are a lot more knowledgeable than I am about gas guns, but, um, you know, um, I've, I've had those two on the channel and... Uh, you know, there will be others, and hopefully, this ruling goes our way, and there'll be many others. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. We were talking about that earlier, and we we're just kind of like surmising what what do you think is going to happen? I'm I'm a I'm a pessimist, and then if I if I'm proven wrong, it's a good thing. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm treating this thing. How, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I'm you know cautiously optimistic. You know, I've I've discovered that since becoming a father, I've become a lot more hopeful in life in general. 
you kind of have to have, you know, have a vision for the world and for life. And it tends to be less dismal when you when you're looking in a little kid's eyes and imagining, you know, a future that uh, we ought not to be running from. But um, yeah, you know, cautiously optimistic. I think the uh, I mean, the, the Trudeau regime is finished. There's there's no question about it. So wh- whichever way this particular ruling goes, we have lots to look forward to. I think, you know, um, even a very sort of, uh, you know, a very sort of uh, restrained conservative government is going to be very friendly toward gun owners in Canada. And they ought to be because there are a great many of us. We're a fundamental part of Canadian culture. And, um, you know, we have that to look forward to. My hope is that Trudeau doesn't resign. I mean, every time we have one of these scandals, Waffengate or whatever, you know, I worry that he's going to step down. And that would be the best thing for the Liberal Party because you're going to have a Prime Minister Freeland and a lot of, uh, you know, liberal uh disenchanted liberal supporters who are on the fence now are going to go, oh, well, Trudeau was the problem. And look, it's a woman and she'll probably come out as non-binary or something. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so my, my hope is that he, uh, his, um, his narcissism, uh, you know, uh, holds us in good stead and, uh, we get to have him as the face of the, uh, you know, liberal party next election sooner, the better, but at least, you know, at most 10 years or two years from now. Right. So. Sooner the better. Yeah, Sooner the yeah better. who knows? I mean, you know, I've, I have friends with, you know, all kinds of rifles that are, a uh, buddy of mine has a beautiful, I would have loved to have reviewed it on the channel, but, you know, he's got a beautiful stag arms. Um, what do they call it? It's a 6.5 Creedmoor with a really heavy, I believe, 24 yep. inch barrel, stainless barrel right out of the factory. And he worked up a load for that. And it's a half MOA gun, uh, just a fantastic uh, semi-auto uh, rifle, basically an AR-10, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Stag, uh, what is it? Stag, uh, stag, stag 10. 10. Stag 10. 10. Yeah, Stag yeah. 10. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, we've spent lots of time, him and I, prior to May 2020 uh, in the bush with that rifle. And uh, it was just delightful. Uh, you know, I would love to, I would have loved to have bought one, but I hadn't. And, and his is, you know, been collecting dust ever since. So, you know, God willing, we'll get our toys back. Right. Oh, it'd be nice for the last three years just to be a bad nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's 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 crazy you know i mean i know people who have tens of thousands of dollars in prohibited rifles now and i'm not even speaking of you know uh people whose livelihood derives from from uh th- that property but just you know guys like me who are hobbyists right so yeah. um, my heart goes out to anyone who's uh put their life on the line to uh, serve our community and uh and uh, has all this millions of dollars in some cases of inter- uh, of inventory they can't do anything with i think that's a crime and and repealing that is not going to make someone like me happy, but it's a start, right? So, well, we already saw it like affects some businesses, like CTC Supplies in in oh. BC. They they shut down. They were primarily an AR shop. They had all the AR, all the goodies, all like the upgraded stuff, and and they're out of business yeah. because they're probably sitting on piles and piles of inventory. They they couldn't move. Yeah, yeah, it's it's brutal. You know, it's awful and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's kind of cleave to uh, happier, happier topics. And we do still have a lot of um, semi-autos, as you pointed out. And, uh, you know, if, if people aren't familiar with my channel and they're thinking about getting an SL8 or an APC, you know, check it out. Because if you're careful with your load selection or you're able to do, you know, load development, uh, mm-hmm. then those rifles are absolutely fantastic platforms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were, my friend and I who helped me with uh, with filming, he was spotting, you know, we were both those videos. They're both five, five, six rifles. They're uh, labeled two, two, three, but they're five, five, six rifles. And we were uh, banging steel at just over nine hundred yards with both of them um, on a kind of average, quite you know, uh, quieter than average day. Um, we kind of cherry picked the day because we knew they were going to be 
you know, sending light bullets downrange. But a 900 mm-hmm. yards of the 5.56 is uh, a great way to spend a day. Now, with the SL8, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is a proprietary mag, is it not? It is. Yeah, it is proprietary. Now, there you'll have, you know, listeners who know a lot more about that platform than I do. But uh, it's my understanding there are some magwell conversions that it is modular okay. and you can drop the magwell and maybe you can make it uh, work with Stanag uh, magazines. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I was using the proprietary mag that uh, my friend Chris in uh, southern Alberta was generous enough to uh, uh, entrust mm-hmm. me with. You know, he got it back against all odds, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's, that's a cool gun. It's it's ugly. It's like, you know, like I mentioned in the video, it's <laughs> what you would imagine if Glock made a precision rifle, you know, it's brutal. It's like the sea <laughs> of plastic and, you know, everything's, pl- the rail is plastic. When I saw that, I thought, Oh, bloody hell. I mean, a plastic rail, you know, like how, how's that going to work? And uh, I have to check my notes here, but you know, that worked out to be uh yeah, that was a 0.61 MOA rifle, five round groups, uh, oh, hmm. carry picking a load, right? It was a yeah. but factory load because, you know, one of the things I do with these videos is, um, um, you know, part of it is the constraint of time and and effort and all that stuff. But um, I don't do load development for rifles that are loaned to me. It's a lot of work to put into something and just going to go back to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is I'd like people to be able to replicate my results. So if someone goes, oh, man, yeah, this is great. I'm convinced I'm going to buy this rifle. They don't have to go and spend, you know, seven grand on reloading equipment, right? They can uh, mm-hmm. They can just go buy that load. They've watched the video and they know that, you know, mm-hmm. a Hornady Match 73 grain ELDM is your uh, hucklebearer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mike was saying, yeah, you can get a mag conversion to Stanag for that thing. Okay. Oh, there you or go. with enough yeah. JB Weld and duct tape. <laughs> uh, anything's possible. Thank you, Mike. I know uh, I'm familiar with Mike from Facebook, very knowledgeable guy, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that he would uh, he would uh, chime in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we, we mentioned a couple there. How was the APC? Uh, so I have I've seen yeah. a couple on the range. Um, they seem to run. Like how how to go for you? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's um, for the money, you know, there are some shortcuts they took, like the stock is totally, it's brutal. I mean, you know, with anything less than a red dot that's sitting right on the rail, like a really low profile red dot, you can't get a proper cheek weld. Mm. It's a chin weld. Mm. It's not something, you know, you're not going to be a high speed, low drag, you know, you're not going to snap it to your, to your face and, and be, uh, you know, um, be you know be performing the way you would like to be performing but uh yeah it was it was a good rifle um i mentioned in the video that there are aftermarket options for the stock uh i think that that one when i made the video was running like four and a half grand uh with tax so you know it's a pretty penny for someone like me and i'm a working guy i'm not gonna go spend four and a half grand on a gas gun that uh, i'll shoot once a year right but uh, if you can afford it you know uh, and you can afford to ameliorate a couple of those shortcomings, like principally the the stock. There was something else too, uh, escapes me now, but yeah, maybe it was just the stock. Uh, the trigger, oh, that's what it was, right? Uh, all of these rifles really have mediocre triggers. Like if you're used to even cheap bolt guns, like this, I, I pulled this out of the safe just to have something on the bench to show you guys, right? But mm-hmm. this is something I'll be doing a video on. And this is just, uh, you know, this is just a Ruger American. This is a real budget gun you can truck gun you know it's a cheap gun i dropped it into a krg bravo stock which i uh, neil at ironwood armory did an absolutely uh, stupendous job seracoding for me um and by the way if any of your listeners you know want seracote work uh, anywhere in canada you can ship it to him but here in bc especially you know he's in victoria uh he is a real wealth of knowledge um you know i learned so much about uh seracote its limitations uh uh you know how and why it goes bad uh when it's 
applied incorrectly uh, from him. Uh, so he's someone you can trust. You know, if you're if you got a Cerakote project that has to be done right, that's who I would send it to. And uh, yeah, so he did this uh, stock for me, and uh, all I did was I changed the uh, I changed the uh, uh, the the return spring in this trigger. It's an M carbo part. It was like twenty bucks or something, and it's you know two two pounds I think. No creep, makes a big no difference, eh? I, yeah. those, those M carbo spring kits are, are crazy. On some of the guns, it, it's night and day. Yeah, they're they're wonderful. You know, it's a it's a it's a neat company. They seem to have um, a wide range of products. I bought their spring for the RDB, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but you know, I've had it for like maybe going on a year. This, you know, in fact, I think it's right here. If I can, there it is. Yeah, it's right in the top drawer. Of my tool bench. So there it is. There's my M Carbo Keltec RDB trigger spring still in the packaging because I watched their video and I kind of went, yeah, I'll do that next weekend. And it's always next weekend, you know, so. <laughs> well, with Keltec, it's always like a, it's always a chore getting into the guts of the rifle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's this kind of black box. Whereas this thing, you drop the barreled action out of the stock and there's the trigger. There's it's nothing right there. to it. I mean, even I can do it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, those uh, those triggers make a big difference. Um, all right, yeah, there, there's the B and T. Have you have you played with a brand too? The um, no, but they're plasticky. They're they're very plasticky. Yeah, yeah I haven't yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't seen one in real life. Just pictures. So, yeah, gotcha. Okay, well, hopefully it performs. I mean, uh, there was some issue with the barrel. Maybe you can elucidate that. Um, I think Delask here in uh, Metro Vancouver was. Uh, was um i don't think they were making the barrels someone told me they were um uh provisioning them for uh for uh for cz you know to to meet those uh non-restricted requirements right like the nr version was supposed to have a barrel source through delask now this is all yeah. hearsay if i'm wrong then please tell me let me know it was it, so marstar got delask to convert a bunch of them so it wasn't ah. CZ. they just imported a bunch of the 11 inch barrel ones and they slapped on the 18 and sold some some extra forehands for them some of those barrels were good i got a good barrel like with the oh, you have one. bullets i had one yeah i uh i reviewed it and uh and got it out ah. the, the um the bar barrel i had was fine i re running like the heavier bullets 70 green uh somewhere in there uh i was getting great accuracy out of it uh like right around one m away um, but I saw some of the photos of some of the other guys that had the, the conversions and some of those barrels, the chambers on them were very rough, very rough. Oh, hmm. yeah. And that was, yeah, that's a shame. I mean, CZ, yeah, you know, CZ has such a great reputation for quality control. I mean, I'm, I should say I'm never owned one, but you know, I've never heard any, anyone complain. I mean, you know, uh, all these Ipsic guys, they, they love the, the shadows and, you know, this company mm -hmm. has a great reputation, right? It's kind of speaks for itself, but, uh. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess maybe they're they're having some quality control issues with those uh, third party barrels. But uh, yeah, there is someone who's volunteered theirs, and um, hopefully I'll I'll get to <laughs> hopefully I'll get to get my hands on it. I'm I'm way behind. Like I'm kind of on hiatus. I haven't made a video in I want to say nine months or something like that. So mm -hmm. um, you know, to all the great people who have left you know, supportive comments on the channel, that kind of thing. I really appreciate it. And, and I haven't forgotten about it. I just, I changed day, day jobs. And so it's, uh, it's been difficult to kind of get the time to do it, but you know, I'm halfway through, uh, I've been for about a year now, actually, I've been halfway through my current, current episode. It's basically all done. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dick and drill. Have you heard of this? I've, I have heard of that actually. I think <laughs> I haven't heard of it. 
Yeah, there was a guy named Elijah Dickon who, uh, no? Yeah, this was... Oh, uh, I have heard of it. Yeah, I know, I know. He was very young. As soon as he, he said like, his first name. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is a guy... Yeah, he stopped a mall shooter, right? He put 8 out of 10 rounds on target uh, from 40 yards, advanced on his target as he began firing from uh, reputedly from 40 yards. Um, we don't know much. Maybe we do now. I've kind of been out of the loop. But, you know, to the best of our knowledge, back when I was... Uh, began working on this video you know it was a nine millimeter with iron sights right so mm -hmm. this guy stopped this mall shooter within uh 15 seconds i think it was so the you know the idpa actually standardized it you know eight out of ten rounds 15 seconds 40 yards and um i did all the shooting like better part of a year ago where i did three variations on it so i did it first uh the easy way for me because i'm you know i'm i don't shoot pistol that often you know if, if i could carry a pistol i would shoot it all the time to train but it's really a range toy as you know right so um i did uh, i shot with a with my red dot and i uh, did really well and then um uh what was the other thing and then i turned off the red dot and i shot with my irons uh because mm -hmm. they're co-witnessed i did really well and then the third thing you know this kind of novel i tried to do it in a unique way because everyone has already done this like grand thumb had a great video on this as soon as it came out the guy like the next day he's got a great video mm -hmm. on it right <laughs> here i am yeah. a year later going yeah i've been it's almost done you know i've been saying that for <laughs> and um and then the third thing i did was something a friend of mine who i interviewed on the channel uh my buddy sam down in arizona who's an ex-swat uh sniper really amazing guy like i i think the world of this guy and he taught me uh, uh about something called stress inoculation now, that's a term I hadn't been familiar with until uh, doing that interview with Sam. But basically, this is a technique from his police days where, you know, they'd get the heart rate up, they'd get your lungs pumping air, and then they would see what you can do behind a, a pistol or a rifle or a carbine, right? And mm -hmm. so I did the dick and drill. Um, I, I hate running. I'm like, the, you know, the weakest. I can hike for weeks, but I can't run for minutes, you know? And um, I, I sprinted 200 yards on camera, drew my pistol, and... Uh, and and attempted the drill and it was really fun like i learned a lot and uh, i think it'll be a good video i just uh you know within five or ten years i should have it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a whole uh, bunch of stuff you know there's a caltech rdb review i've kind of began compiling notes and stuff and um there's a bunch of stuff i i owe a couple of people reviews as well because i was given a scope i was given an uh, a weapon light, a couple of things, and mm -hmm. I feel bad that, you know, I haven't gotten to these yet, but uh, kids in life come first sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And a lot of the times, even with, with my videos, sometimes I'll get to it where it's like, ah, I don't, it's not quite where I like it. And I'll, mm -hmm. and I'll just, nah, publish. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you get it out? You, so let me ask you something. If that's the case, you know, yeah. uh, once you publish it, do you torture yourself watching it over and over again? reliving all the shortcomings that you could nope. have fixed if you'd been more patient <laughs> no. i do oh man no some, some people will be like oh you said this and that's wrong i'm like oh shit i did yeah i did make a mistake <laughs> i'll pin their comment to the top and that's that's the before in the before days they youtube would let you replace a video in place so you could correct it oh that's a great point correct it re-upload it and it goes in place all the comments all the views stay there now you can't do that. You got to delete the video and put and re-upload. So if it's mm -hmm. if it's something major, if I really mess something up, I'll delete it and re-upload it. But otherwise, I'll just pin the comment. Oh, it's a good point. Pin the comment. I'm out. You know that's that, that's a great idea. I never thought to do that because I made uh, you know a pretty dumb mistake with the SL8 video. I had spent a couple of months with this rifle. I did all the load selection. I took it out to the field. You know, I had you know a bunch of days behind it, and I never noticed 
that there is a bolt catch. Like there is a, a button to engage the bolt catch. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. So, you know, I, I was doing it by sticking my thumb up through the mag well while running, you know, running the, uh, running the, uh, the charging handle. And of course I got flamed in the YouTube channels. Like, you know, it's right there. There's a button right in front of the mag well. And so I can't tell you how many times I've copied and pasted. Yes, I'm sorry. I've added a note to the description. I had no idea. Right. And so I can just pin that first one maybe from my buddy, Chris, that loaned me the thing. They'll still comment. But but you could say, like, I pin the comments in the description. Come on. What do you want me to do? <laughs> At least I won't be the only moron then, right? Yeah, exactly. They forget they didn't read uh, and, and they didn't do their part. But yeah, I mean, like with, with a lot of this stuff, it's uh, I, I don't know about you, but like with the only reason I went to YouTube um, was I wanted I wanted to create content that no one else was creating. There's lots of guys out there that are that'll like do lots of shooting footage and then just talk pros, pros, pros on guns. I want to talk about like pros and cons and, and, and do them from, you know, my perspective of. Uh, typically competition shooter or, or hunter, right? And then that's 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 what I'm that's the viewpoint I'm I'm approaching these things from. But other people have have other viewpoints on on these kind of guns and how they use them, right? I think uh yeah, like if you go back in the day, uh the magazine reviews were the worst. There was like there was such bad nepotism and such bad like the the one gun that drove me nuts the most was the R51. So many magazines. It was a pistol that Remington released. Uh, oh, oh boy, fifteen or ten or fifteen years ago. It was a piece of shit. It was fucking bad. This was like the worst pistol ever. And the magazines were like, "Yeah, it's a novel design and it's straight. It's got this." And now it worked from our sponsor. And, <laughs> yeah, well, if it like you can't shit talk Remington because the, they they would cut the advertising for the magazine, and uh, and as a result, all these magazines were like. Singing the high praises of this garbage handgun, and, and it didn't uh, do Remington any good because where's Remington now? Heck, <laughs> <laughs> <Good> point. <laughs> yeah, still made too many garbage guns and uh, and sunk. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, there's 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 still some YouTube reviewers that are like that. Maybe they don't do it like implicitly or as explicitly where they're they're aiming for. Uh, dollars that way, but they won't say negatives about guns, and uh, it's a, a disservice to the people who are trying to buy them because people need to know if a gun's good or not, right? Yeah, for sure. sure. I think that's the only thing people are inter interested in, anyway, is the truth. You know, people are inter interested in uh, an honest review and all the most you know successful channels, whether it's Nut and Fancy or Grand Thumb. You know, they have that reputation of just being honest and um, you know mm -hmm. trying to. You know, it's nice to have something good to say, but. And and bloody hell, I tried with that M10X. I mean, I really tried. I did my very very going. best for that. <laughs> you know, like I I just kept. I you know, like I'm kind of hopeless that way too. There's that old saying that hope dies last. You know, after the last synapse fires, a little farther than that. You know, um, but yeah, I I just kept hoping that this thing would work, and um, yeah, not so much. Not yeah. so much, yeah. I, I, you know, the one of the nice things that came out of my channel is all the fellow uh, Canadian gun owners that I saved that headache for. I, I can't tell you how many nice comments I get saying, "I was just about to buy this, and my buddy was telling me I should buy this thing, and I saw your videos." So you know, you can relate to that, right? Like when someone, mm -hmm. uh, when you save someone money, uh, you know, they don't buy that Remington or they don't buy that M plus M, then uh, you've you've done something good. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple like that, and then for just as many comments you get like that, you get people who are saying like, "I bought one and it's fine." It's fine, have, of course. I put fifty yeah. rounds through it. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Put some more. Through it. You see how it does. Then That's what I'm getting I only right had now. Two stoppages per magazine. It's great. You know. <laughs> Oh, that's what I'm getting right now with this BCL Siberian review because I got one that was that was really bad and uh, and it was it went to BCL twice for warranty, still bad. So um, that's my experience. But other people out there is like, oh, I've got a thousand rounds in and it's fine. I got you know 500 rounds in and it's fine. Keep them coming. You know, show me show me one that's got like three or four or five thousand rounds through it and if it's still ticking. And and they, they, like there's there's going to be some good ones out there. There's going to be some yeah. lemons. I think you know one of the things that and I, I got the inverse of this with the WK because I got a good WK 180. I ran like you know a, a couple thousand rounds through it and it was fine. Um, whereas other people had like bolt breakages or piston breakages or all sorts of nonsense. Right? It's it's hard to review a gun with a sample size of one. You need to, yeah. you'd almost need to to get like gun shop data or like some gun shop that gets like lots of guns in how many do you get returned and i think that's where you'd start to get some some real insight into the long-term durability of some of these firearms yeah and that speaks to after sales support too one of the personal lessons for me after going through the m plus m uh, nightmare which you know wasn't really a nightmare it was actually fun because it was a nightmare for my buddy that loaned it to me and uh you know, had to watch for like a year as I had this actually seven months, seven month review, um, you know, how every time I would take it out to the field, I would be talking to him and I'd say, yeah, this time for sure, you know, um, we've changed the bolt, we've changed the hammer spring, we've changed this and that this time for sure. Don't worry, it'll be fine, you know, because it's, it's my channel, but it's his money, you know, and that, that sucks for mm -hmm. him. It's great for me. Um, but one of the things that taught me is how important after-sales support is. And that's one of the reasons I'm concerned about these uh, CZ rifles, because it's North Silva Im that's importing them. That's the warranty service center, to the best of my knowledge. If I'm wrong, you know, let me know, guys. But, um, you know, I would, you know, after that experience dealing with North Silva, um, I'm not sure I would buy anything where that's the backstop. Hmm. Yeah, there's, you know, if, uh, God bless. If it works, then great. You know, hopefully you don't need warranty service. But if you do, you want, you know, you want someone who has your back, who respects the fact that you've put your money on the line and um, you've trusted them, right? So, yeah, yeah. As as many failures as as we've had with like the WK 180s, like Kodiak's pretty good about like you send them a picture of a broken piston, they'll put one in the mail for you and send it to you. And <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Good yeah. for another thousand rounds or whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at least they put it in the mail right and, and yeah. um bcl's hit or miss on that sometimes they're really good sometimes they're not like usually um like on, on the good times they'll, they'll get back to you really quickly i had some some times where like i went months without uh without getting anything from them but uh yeah some of those some of those foreign manufacturers uh if you're dealing with a canadian importer some of those importers don't have service centers or the service center is yeah. something weird it's a it's a it's it's one of the real downsides of buying guns in canada it is, is yeah like absolutely support. i mean even yeah. you know the companies that have great reputation for warranty service there are big differences like let's take vortex for example right i mean that's the one thing that will guarantee someone will buy a vortex product is that bloody warranty right and mm -hmm. uh you know, down in the States, they'll provide you with a shipping label. So you still have the hassle of, you know, dismounting it and, you know, losing your zero and so forth. But at mm -hmm. least it's not going to, you're not going to be out any money. 
whereas, you know, up here, we have to send it back to Ontario ourselves. And uh, I spent uh, over $500 on, uh, on Canada Post uh, uh, returns to, to Vortex before I finally gave up and, you know, switched to uh, Athlon and a couple other brands, right? But, you know, that the warranty is great, but at the end of the day, you don't want to use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. And you don't want... It, it can be great, but you don't want to use it that often. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's the one thing that they'll keep getting, Vortex will keep getting guys on, is that, you know, oh, this warranty, you know, it's... Um, every Vortex time, was yeah. very genius in their marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I got to hand it to them. They were very genius in their marketing. They were. It was very, you know, I, I would say they pioneered that market segment of providing... Uh, that high value of product with those features and that support. I mean, they really built a name for themselves. And, you know, American-owned business, and uh, I believe they were founded by veterans, something like that. So, you know, I, especially as, as a civilian, I have a lot of respect for that. Um, you're right. You know, they really they came up with that whole business model. But companies like Athlon have outdone them at their own game because they're making better products, most of them in the same sort of overseas factories like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a factory in Japan that makes both uh, uh, Vortex and Athlon's top products, uh, low or light optical works. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think Vortex is eventually going to get squeezed out if they don't change their quality game. Because, you know, people like me, like I owned, I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but I owned over 10 grand in Vortex products. And I, I don't think I'd buy another one, you know. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah, the the well, I mean, one of the thing that Vortex that that was kind of interesting was um, they sponsored a lot of shooting matches. Right, right, right. Yeah, they got yeah. their product in people's hands. Yeah, and uh, they supported the shooting sports in a, in a lot of different ways. I've heard that. Yeah, that's right. That's something I forgot about because again, I I've never competed a day in my life. But I've heard people say that, and and that builds loyalty. People appreciate that, and and you know, you some someone cynical might say, sure, but it's just marketing. I don't think so. I think when mm-hmm. someone's generous, you should take it at face value. Um, oh, I yeah. think they're doing they're doing a good thing uh, for all those people in the uh, you know in PRS and so forth. But um, yeah, I, j- I just got sick of sending stuff back to them, you know, yeah. and um, and. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not particularly brand loyal. If I find something I like, then I tend to buy it. I bought Vortex exclusively because I like the features. I like the value for money, uh, but I'll jump ship as soon as something better comes along. And uh, that's how the, you know, that's how the market moves anyway. So, yeah. What do you guys like? So for optics, what are you guys uh, running? What's your preference these days? All sorts of stuff. I've got <laughs> like one of everything on the wall behind me. Um, in terms, uh, like for red dots and that kind of thing, I really like hollow sun cause they're so cheap. Oh yeah. Nice. And, and they're uh, reliable. They seem to have good. a good reputation. I've never had to send yeah. any of mine back. I've got that 1911 has a hollow sun on it and it's had a hollow sun on it for probably five years and the, ba- it's still good. Battery's still fine on it. Yep. Yeah. It's just shake awake. I never have to turn it off. I could just literally pick up that gun and it, the battery would be good and I, I could start using it. So. Uh, I like that. I'm curious about Arkin because they have a really good like um, value to price reputation in the U.S., um, but they're kind of new to Canada, so I'm not really sure about the warranty and that kind of thing. So I'm kind of curious about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I don't. Over. I don't think they have like an office the way you know Vortex has at least a brick and mortar presence in Canada, right? Um, I looked into Arkin uh, mm-hmm. some months ago when. Uh, when I was sourcing a, a new mm-hmm. scope for my my Precision 308, and I ended up putting 
you know, I think Orkin, I think Arkin could uh, be the next Athlon because they're following that same business model. And they seem to be, you know, see, people seem to like them. They seem to be making good products. Uh, I ended up putting a completely unheard of scope on that rifle because it was given to me uh, in exchange for a review. Uh, hopefully a good review. We don't know yet, right? Because I haven't run it. could be a bad review. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the company's Discovery Optics, and they're just, you know, just like a, just like Hefe said, you know, Vortex came up with this idea, and all these companies are following in their footsteps, right? Um, uh, Athlon, and then Arkin, and now companies like Discovery Optics. Um, unfortunately, this this company, they 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 uh, have not yet seen the wisdom in specializing in a particular niche. Like Arkin gets mm-hmm. that they're making one kind of rifle scope, um, open turrets, you know, Japanese glass, ED glass, this kind of stuff. Uh, Discovery Optics is still making, you know, they, they they make some products that look great. The scope I got, I can't tell you how impressed I am with it. It's, uh, you know, I think they're five hundred bucks or something, and it's a five to thirty by fifty six on a thirty four millimeter tube, with all the features, you know, Christmas tree reticle illumination, mm-hmm. first focal plane. Obviously, it's FFP. Um, very, very good. Uh, apparently, ED glass. That doesn't really mean anything these days. Like I've, I have you know, ED glass in a Bushnell spotting scope and it's junk glass, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I've had Vortex glass that does not claim to be, uh, you know, extra low dispersion and it was better. So, you know, these are kind of marketing terms now. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this company discovery, you know, they make some very kind of cheap, uh, what's it like NC star. You, you, you guys are familiar with oh, NC. Yeah. everybody. Is like, oh yeah. yeah. No, I do. Yeah. No, Barska, no, I don't. No, never, no star. idea what you're yeah. talking about. Right. But uh, yeah, Barska, exactly. You know, they make that kind of stuff, but then they make these really beautiful scopes and 500 bucks. You know, I was looking at spending seven, 800 bucks on this Arkin, and then these guys sent me this for nothing. And I'm going, when it, when I got it, I thought, oh man, I would definitely, you know, so far, I mean, who knows if it'll mm-hmm. track and so on, right? That's that's where the rubber mm-hmm. meets the road. But um, 500 bucks, you know, great deal. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How'd your experience go with the uh, Type 81? Oh, it's great, man. You know that, as you know, it was a very positive review. Um, basically, just did like an eighty-round burn uh, right at the outset because it came on the mm-hmm. heels of the M10X video. And one of the things that a lot of people, a lot of these sort of <laughs> apologists for uh, M plus M in the comments section, were going, "I've put twenty rounds through mine. It's only had three stoppages. It's fantastic. You're full <laughs> of shit." You know. Uh, these guys, uh, you know, they, everybody claims that it's the ammo. Well, you're running this cheap Norinco FMJ. It's obviously the ammo when, you know, I put at least two different brass-cased ammos through it as well. I put, you know, a Lapua, and I put um, uh, the other was, um, oh, it's been a long day. But, you know. And it, who, the, who buys seven six a seven six two yeah. rifle to put good ammo through You've got to put Lapua through it, guys. You know, like, come on. You know, if you and I talked about this in the in the video, just the design of the seven six two by three nine cartridge, the tapering walls. That's uh, the Soviets designed that for reliable um, operation in in gas mm-hmm. operated uh, weapons. So it's a it's an inherently reliable cartridge. Uh, there's no reason to blame the ammo, and I've been running that ammo for for years. It's great ammo, cheap ammo, very reliable. And so the first thing I did with the Type eighty one was put eighty rounds through it. You know, five at a time. Of course, you'll get some American commenters going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Just filled it. <laughs> changing the mags. Those are 30-round mags, you idiot. You know? Like, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah. So, you know, we did an 80-round burn. It was totally reliable. And then I think I, I didn't put this in my notes today, um, but, you know, I think I ran it out to 500 yards or 550 yards or something. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it, 
it's it's a great gun. And by the way, I'm glad you brought up the Type 81 because, you know, here in Canada, like we talked about, we are kind of limited with our gas gun options for the time being. And I want to do a shout out to um, to Sigmaco, um, who I think it's Matt. Is it Matt at Sigmaco? Yeah, I think so. Boy, I'm going to be embarrassed if I got that name wrong. I'm sorry if, if I buggered your name. But um, yeah, so Sigmaco is making, as you know, you know, fantastic products to uh, modernize this rifle. And one of the things that I'm hoping to do with the channel is get, um, a, I've been trying to talk him to send, talk him into sending me a demo rifle with all of his parts, totally tricked out with uh, his forend. He's working on a stock now, a bunch of other things. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah, that's something I'd like to do down the road once I kind of work through this list of uh, reviews that I owe people like, uh, you know, the, yeah. the scope and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, down the road, I'd love to bring the Type 81 back this time, fully kitted out with uh, with with Sigmaco parts that are that have modernized it because it is a great rifle, but man, is it dated. I mean, it's, you know, those, those thin grips and, you know, it's, uh, and the rear, the rear sight on it is so weird. It's, it's got weird. Like that this aperture rectangular aperture, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's a funny sight. It didn't bother me. Like, um, I shot it a bit with irons and then I actually ended up putting an optic on it an LPVO. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was reaching out. Like I'm, I'm 45. I'm not shooting 500 yards with iron sights, but you know, <laughs> everyone in the comment section does so at a thousand yards with you know half MOA accuracy, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's a great gun, and you know, um, uh, I think it has a bright future in Canada because uh, you know we used to, um, uh, you know, we used to have the VZ58 was sort of the Canadian Kalashnikov, right? That was the alternative here for um for that pattern of rifle mm -hmm. and i realize that the the internals are totally different but i just mean aesthetically and also operation of the way it looks and functions you know the type 81 is now that kind of canadian kalashnikov and uh and i think it's here to stay yeah oh, the vz58s and the cz858s they're so good i like i like how compact those were like with the uh with the grip it was like it was right there. Like the magazine was nice and far back. The action was so compact on those things, but I guess you have more room to, to more room for activities on these, right? If you can get the long mag and do the, the strip off thing and run it all so tactically. That's not the LMG. That's the newer one that came out recently. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what do they call that one? The SR, the type 81 SR. Oh, They're yeah. on for a thousand bucks right now. Nine ninety nine. And so you know what? I, it, you're, 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 yeah. I remember now. You're kind of um, refreshing my memory. I, I, I remember thinking I would buy one if it was uh, seven two by five four. You know, if it was five four R, because then you're getting yeah. that Druganov, that Druganov mm -hmm. experience. You know, like to have the same uh, intermediate cartridge in there. Yeah, it's basically just uh, cosmetic, right? The difference is cosmetic. Maybe you have it's a longer a baby barrel. Draganov. Yeah, it it's is, a baby but it really Draganov. would be with that. You know. If the cartridge was rimmed for the extractor's pleasure, that, that would that would convince me. <laughs> well, and if you look at the price difference between 762 by 39 and 762 by 54, it's not that much. You can get 762 by 54 for like 50 cents, 40 cents. Like you can get it yeah. for cheap. Uh, 762 by 39, yeah, you can get it for cheap too. But the 54 is not that much more. And, and and you can really reach power. out. I mean, you know, more power, yeah. absolutely flatter, uh, flatter trajectory. It'd be, uh, you know, it's it, and more novelty, right? Like we we could use more diversity in that com block uh, space, right? It's a shame we can't have Druganovs. I would definitely, I would love to have one of those rifles just for the the heritage, really. You know. 
Yeah, in the video games from the 90s and the 2000s right. of the Dragon Offs. Yeah, it'd be so good, but <laughs> no such luck. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you got to use an SVT40 or something like that. <laughs> we got to get El Jefe talking because uh, <laughs> what do you what do you like for com blocks, Jefe? Uh, I'm saving up to buy an AK. Are you? You saving yeah. up for a green card? He's yeah, in the U.S. It. He moved to the U.S. Oh, a few US. months oh, ago. Yeah. He's the Canadian, but he he just moved down. What was it? Yeah, I'm three living. Ago? In, oh, it was like seven. I've been down I'm here bad. for like seven I'm months bad. now. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And where is that? Where are you? I'm south uh, southeastern New Mexico. And see, I thought with the Trudeau regime, we weren't even allowed to talk to people in the U.S. You know, I, <laughs> you know, we're, I, we're I skipping under the radar. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Wow, you must be using a VPN or something. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't <laughs> register with the, the CRTC. We didn't register with that podcast yeah. registry. That's why I was, that's why we were getting out of it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's on my wish list is Nike. And what are you going to buy? Any particular brand you have your eye on or? Not at the moment. No. Yeah. No, even What's the cheap one, on even them? like the cheap ones, like the century arms and that they're like a thousand bucks. So they're, they're not the dirt cheap as they used to be. So can you get a VZ, VZ down there? Or sorry, a VZ. I'll speak in American for you. A VZ? Can you get a VZ, VZ in there? <laughs> I, I don't know. You can. Yeah, you sure yeah. can. I've seen uh, I've seen reviews. Uh, you know, I can't recall who it was, but I've definitely seen U.S. reviews of the uh, VZ-58. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like basically my purchases have just been quite literally stuff that I can't or couldn't get in Canada. So that's on my wish list is just stuff I can't or couldn't get in Canada. A proper AK. Yeah. A six round magazine. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I've been yeah. running full capacity mags. Like AR's got the D60 on there that I had the pleasure of permanently drilling out the rivet and well, building an AR and doing the AR style PCC. And then my shorty three inch everyday carry pistol and <laughs> well all the things we're jealous about and our writers yeah. like right in that's american stuff don't talk about that that's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just jealousy you know and it maybe it's the risk of a good example too like you know why not you know why not yeah. uh you know there, there are lots of there's lots of progress we could make up here you know there's a petition now to uh uh, to remove the prohibition on uh, suppressors, right? That'd be yeah. a great idea. You know, it's only in Canada would they ban safety equipment, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to run a suppressor while hunting. That would yes. be so good. Absolutely. I see you a VZ-58 in the U.S. It's 1700 bucks, though. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Brutal. Well, even the SKS is earned. We think five hundred dollar SKSs are expensive. Like, check out the SKSs. I know they go for a pretty penny down here. Or the Type eighty one. Someone told me that the Type eighty one is like, you know, is unicorn material down there because Can't of the ban them. on Chinese imports. So there are a few apparently stateside, but they're like, you know, ten grand or something crazy because they're highly collectible. Whereas up here, you're looking at going, you know. I can't believe I paid 800 bucks for this piece of, you know, this piece of tin or whatever. Right. I mean, it's a cheap gun. Like, holy crap, that dust cover. I, I made a point in the video of kind of flicking it with my finger to show you how it, you know, it's like a tin can. It's unbelievably yeah. cheap, but it goes right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember it was a year or so ago. I think that Brandon Herrera did an SKS review and I'm like, what really? 
But we've had them in Canada. Like they were dirt cheap guns, and not, but. yeah. So how'd you get down there? there? Did you uh, you a physician or something, or an engineer, or how did you get a uh, how'd you get down there? Uh, I'm an electrician. I do autom. I came down here as an automation tech, and yeah, working cool. well yeah. field. You got a job, and yeah. Oh yeah, I got job offer, and they dealt. They their lawyers dealt with the work visa and everything. So hmm. good for you. So, yeah, it's been a good time. Nice, yeah. Happy for you, man. Yeah, you're um, you're in the free world now. Yep, he's living the dream. Yeah. We live vicariously through him. He's like, I'm looking at like <laughs> subcompacts and like inside the waistband holsters. Like, what ones are you looking at? <laughs> oh, that one seems kind of cool. You gonna put a light on it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to carry. I mean that. You know, it's uh, are you guys both? Do you have kids or? Yeah, we have one kid. Yeah, I got yeah, teenagers. Yeah. That's that's the pessimism, pessimism that came yeah. through. I don't know if it's <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I I only ask because you know now it's like everyday life. I just I feel like I'm not doing my utmost to to you know to to be a protector, right? Like I feel like it's a handicap. I wish you know I I take my pistol home from the range uh, in a straight path home and goes in the safe and it's locked up and it's useless. And, um, you know, I, I just today, for example, I was dropping off my kid at school in Surrey and, um, there was a hit and run on a grade six boy. I wasn't hurt, but someone, uh, drove into him and, um, and drove away. It was a hit and run. Uh, I wasn't there to see it, but that's what all the parents were saying. And, and, you know, crazy things happen. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy that we can't carry uh, basic tools for self-defense. Like where I was born in Poland, uh, to this day, you can still concealed carry. Uh, the, the bar is not particularly high to get a permit to carry. Czech Republic next door as well. I mean, there are lots of countries. Mm-hmm. This is the middle of, you know, uh, apparently socialist gun control paradise <laughs> Europe. You were talking about moderators, uh, suppressors in the UK. A lot of places, I'm told, I'm not an expert, but I'm told that, you know, um, uh, hunting and shooting is conditional upon using a um, uh, suppressor. Yeah, suppressor yeah. because it's a it's a nuisance otherwise. Yeah, I've That's heard right. the same thing. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it bears mentioning that you know in Poland and Czech Republic there is no preponderance. There's no epidemic of gun violence. There are no mass shootings. Uh, this you know obviously I'm preaching to the choir here, but anyone who is unfamiliar with uh, the nuances of this issue that might come across this video, you know, um, the the problems in the U.S. have nothing whatsoever to do with the proliferation of firearms. I mean, you should see how many guns yeah. Poles and Czechs own. Well, and then even if you're talking the gun violence and everything happening in the states, look at where they're happening and what the gun laws are like in those places. Because right. usually they're yeah. the strictest gun laws, like Chicago, LA, yeah. like. Places California. with the strictest gun control yeah. is where this stuff yeah. is happening. I always make that point when I argue with these people who say, "Well, look at the U.S." and I say, "Well, look closer. Have a look at you know, have a look at uh, the you know, have a look at where these things are happening and what the laws are in those places." Because you know, if you want to continue to believe in civil disarmament, don't look too close at the U.S. because you'll learn some things that you might want not want to know about. You know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I do wish I lived in the States. You know, I hope that doesn't sound uh, unpatriotic. It's just, you know, um, again, as a father, I, I wish I could carry a pistol. I wish, you know, I could 
be there uh, uh, fully uh, to to protect my kids and and the other people around me. And we're we're you know we're um, we're at a disadvantage here. I mean, in North Vancouver here, Metro Vancouver, there was a mass stabbing. Uh, I think last year, you know, earlier this year. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but some nut went in there and and uh, killed uh, killed a woman and uh, maimed a bunch of people and totally preventable. I mean, you know, we, we see fit to uh, empower guys delivering a few thousand bucks to an ATM with sidearms, but, you know, we consider a few thousand bucks in an ATM to be more valuable than a school full of kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so hard to change in Canada. The conservatives mm-hmm. tried just saying like, Hey, pepper spray, we're in this very, like this is in Alberta here. Uh, they were trying to say, let's just make pepper spray okay to carry for self-defense people do it right now they're just like oh that that's dog pepper spray because i'm scared of dogs okay as long as you know the magic words you can you can carry pepper spray and they're saying like let's just get rid of this facade of uh of of this thing and and uh no not couldn't couldn't get it through no sorry that's an offensive weapon but the pepper spray and bear spray is still okay you can still carry that yeah yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, yeah it's we have the nuts. same issues of yeah. stabbings and, and, and whatnot in Edmonton here too. Uh, the random attacks and that kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to mm-hmm. to be able to. I don't know how often I'd carry though, because I'm I'm very lazy and uh, like I don't like putting extra stuff in my pants. Maybe maybe <laughs> once in a while if I'm going like a bad area of the of the city, but uh, I probably wouldn't carry that often. It would be nice to, you know, you know where I would carry the north Bowl side. Hunting. Oh, the bow side. hunting! <laughs> yeah, the north side too. But bow hunting, because if I'm bow hunting and uh, I come across a bear, like I want to, I want that bow to be between me and a bear's meal. I'd rather have a handgun. I'd rather be able to quick draw my, you know, Glock and and ten millimeter Glock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do something about it, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, not so much. Not so much. So the bow's all the bow and maybe a knife is all I get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, yeah, we ought we ought to be able to carry defensive tools um, everywhere, but um, we're um, we've been sliding down a slippery slope for decades now, and uh, and if you know if if it doesn't stop soon, we'll end up um, you know we'll end up like uh, like Britain, where you have to use a suppressor, you know. <laughs> Well, that would be nice. That's the one win they have. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, no. Don't make me use a suppressor. <laughs> uh, maybe I guess it would make my gun rack back there pretty expensive, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, I never got to turn the question around on you guys. Are you optimistic? You know, do you feel like uh, what do you think is going to come of the, the CCFR lawsuit? Do you think that we're going to turn that? Do you think we'll ever have concealed carry in Canada? Ooh, concealed carry? I don't. No, I don't think so. Doubt it. There's something major's got to change in the public's thinking for that to get through. And Canada has been Canada for so long that no, I don't think that'll ever get turned around. You know, mm-hmm. Kyle, one thing that's that is changing uh, is the 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 violence, the random violence that's happening all across Canada right now is changing. So, like um, the bail reform laws that that changed uh, just before the pandemic, liberals made a, a drastic change to bail reform, and some change to bail reform was was overdue. They went overboard. Uh, and now we're at a place where violent criminals are getting out. Like it, the um, the revolving door of justice is yeah. is where we're at. And people are seeing that. And that is changing people's opinions. So I think like 
sometimes it, it has to get bad before people are like, oh, this sucks. Why are we doing this? Like this, this revolving door thing is terrible. Like, yeah, I see these news releases where like the cops are saying, hey, we're letting this guy go because we have to, but he's going to reoffend. This guy is going to go rape someone or he's going to kill someone. It's guaranteed. And then it happens the next day. And it's like, oh, well, how like the average person only needs to see that so many times before they're like, well, this is some BS. Like we need to make a change in government and we, and, and, I will vote for the person who says they're going to fix this. And they, they sound like they're credible. And I think like Trudeau is not credible on most of those because like he, he put in the, the, the uh, bail reform that, that messed it up so badly or the housing affordability, like, like anything the guy does on housing affordability, not credible because he's the guy who, who ushered in and, and watched over the, the biggest changes in that. So maybe we'll, it's, we'll, it's like, Harper's fault somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that today. Bill Blair was like, "I'm t- pulling a billion dollars out of the Canadian forces," and they're like, "Just like Harper did." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's so long ago, CBC. Are you pulling out Harper's name on this now in 2023? <laughs> Mind you, you know stretch. now, and it was some of the stuff we're seeing in the armed forces, both in Canada and the U.S. You know, maybe they ought to be defunded. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answers anymore because you know I've got. I've got friends that are in the Canadian forces and some of the things I hear about with uh, the trans agenda uh, and all of the rest of it, you know, not just the, the vaccine outrages and all of that, that happened, but I mean the, all the woke stuff, all of the gender ideology and, you know, you kind of think, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, maybe it's time to pull the funding after, I don't know, you know, the pen, it's, it's the pendulum on that one. As soon as it goes too far, the normal people are like, Oh, this is ridiculous. And I, th- I think the pendulum's gone too far. So now we'll have it swing back and it'll, it'll get back to an equilibrium. So I'm an acceleration. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> want to think, see things get really bad. So people can be like, Oh boy, <laughs> swing back the other way. Yes, we do. Yes. Bring it back to normal. Back to the, well, back you know, to the careful 90s. what you wish for. Cause I, th- I think you're getting it. You know, I think this is, you know, there's that Chinese, uh, um, that curse, you know, may you live in interesting times. This is it, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they are interesting. They are very interesting times yeah, that we're living in. Anyways, I think we could uh, go on about this forever, but uh, we'll, at some point we've got to call this a show. <laughs> uh, Lucas, thanks so much for, for coming on. And uh, it's been uh, super entertaining talking uh, through uh, semi-automatic rifles, uh, bolt-action rifles, politics, and uh, and all the things we've kind of gotten on tonight. Um, maybe just let the the listeners know kind of where they can uh, see your stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a privilege and a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on, and uh, it means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Uh, the channel is Precision Riflecraft. Riflecraft is one word, like fieldcraft. And uh, yeah, you know, I appreciate your support. Um, it's a learning process for me. I had to learn video editing from, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. But um, yeah, no, it's it's great. It's a fun project. And uh, I guess the other thing I'd say is that if you're thinking about getting into content creation, do it, man. You know, definitely. Everybody has something to share. Uh, this is, you know, this whole... Um, world that we're in this whole world of shooting is about lifelong learning and it's it is fun kind of sharing what you've learned and uh and uh, that's sort of an accelerant as well i'm not sure you had a good word for it a minute ago but you know you're an accelerationist i think that's what you said you know i've uh, i've learned more in the last two years of uh trying uh you know clumsily to make videos i've become a better shooter than in the preceding 28 or 29 years right so 
um, I'm sure you can relate to that. It's um, it gives you sort of um, an opportunity to focus your your energies and uh, and I would encourage anyone who's thinking about you know starting a blog or a video or whatever, just do it. You know, we we all appreciate more Canadian content for sure. Yep. Stop commenting on my videos, telling me that I'm wrong. Go make a video. <laughs> Show me how it's done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Show me your SKS that gets three quarter MOA. I want to see it at a thousand yards. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, we don't actually have that much of the show left, so why don't we just uh, wrap it up, Kyle, and then we can yeah. kind of go with the after show here. So, uh, thanks to our supporters. If you'd like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Uh, Kyle, you got any shout outs? Uh, I'd like to shout out everyone who came out to the match on Saturday. All the first responders and everyone else, everyone who came out set up on Friday night and helped tear down. It was a great day. So thank you all. Awesome. I got a shout out to my two IITs that uh, that helped me at the latest Maple Seed and, and lots of other Maple Seeds uh, this year. Paul and Fedor uh, couldn't have done it with you without you guys. And uh, he made this year fantastic. So really appreciate all the help with uh, with putting those on. Finally, join us on Discord. We've got a Slamfire Radio Discord server. Watch us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Player. Join the CCFR, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.